Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius. It is a Pewter post-game show, and a very depressing one, to say the least, as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were stunned in overtime, losing to the lowly Cleveland Browns 23-17 to in overtime. They lost on a Nick Chubb touchdown with under a minute to go under 30 seconds to go as they could not close the door despite having multiple and i mean multiple opportunities to finish off this game ineptitude left and right particularly with time management and we will get into all of that i'm your host matt matera joined with me is my fellow co-host from peterreport.com the face that runs the place at peterreport.com that is Scott Reynolds and Scott, as I just told you a couple minutes ago, I'm not even mad anymore. I'm just, I'm mad at myself for believing that this team was anything different than what they were because they beat one okay team with the Seattle Seahawks in Germany and then immediately just fumbled the bag coming back to America after a bye and losing to the Browns. The Bucks should petition the NFL to play all games in Germany. From yeah. this point, I'm not saying move the franchise. I'm just saying play all the home games, play every game in Germany because they look like a different team over there. Uh, they did not look like a good team at all today, especially offensively, right? I mean, yeah, su- such fool's gold over there in Germany to see the Bucks put up 21 points, three touchdowns, no field goals, and and now you have these these problems resurface. The Bucks were four of 15 on third downs. They had seven possessions. And with uh, with gaining 16 yards or fewer, uh, six possessions out of their 11 possessions during the regulation period ended in three and outs. That's just horrific. And as Tom Brady said after the game, and and I quote here, uh, you know, and he, you know, I, I think there's some play calling issues for sure. I think that's where Tom's going with this. I also think Tom was was talking about the uh, you know not being on the same page with the receivers but uh, this is what Tom said we just don't score enough points 17 points isn't gonna do it and that's basically what we've been doing all year it's like the same thing you know had a chance give them a lot of credit they made some real clutch plays fourth down completion for the touchdown was a great play we had our chances but we just didn't make the plays and they did and, uh, you know, of course, l- losing Tristan Wirfs was was adding uh, injury to insult in yeah. this game. And the good news, I think, at least reports from the locker room are that Tristan Wirfs is putting weight on both legs. At the same time, we've seen Ryan Jensen walk around now for months, right. Matt. Uh, and Ryan Jensen is no, close no closer to playing uh, now than he was a couple weeks ago. So uh, I, I don't know what to make of this Tristan Wirfs injury. The Bucks don't know the severity of it yet. I think it's encouraging at least somewhat that that uh, maybe he's walking around. At the same time, Matt, if you remember last year with the, the Chris Godwin ACL injury, he was literally jogging on the sidelines, running, trying to see if he yeah. could still play, right? So, And, of course, it was, turns out that he had a torn ACL and was done for the year. So we just don't know at this point in time. But what happened was there was a blitz pickup. I believe it was Jeremiah uh, Wusu uh, Koromoa who yeah. jumped up in the air and uh, Sneak Vaughn, the running back, kind of caught him and threw him down. But when he threw him down, he threw him on Tristan's left leg. And he was in pass protection. Didn't see that, obviously. And and, uh, and the weight of, of the Browns linebacker just you know fell on that, that leg and, and injured it. We hope that it is a mild sprain, but don't know the severity of it yet. But, but uh, again, uh, you know, if the Buccaneers right now, and believe it or not, they're still in first place. I know. The they, they got bailed out. The Falcons <laughs> lost to Washington. They're, they're still in first place in the NFC South. Uh, if this team wins the division and makes the playoffs, they're one and done. They're not going anywhere. This is not a good football team. No. And, and it really hasn't been all year, right? We we got a little excited because they they played 
a good game against Seattle, and they beat a team that we'll we'll see how Seattle fares throughout the rest of the year if they turn out to be a good team or if they fade. They beat a really bad Rams team that has only won three games, and now they've lost to some teams that have three wins. Right? I mean, the, the Browns had three wins. They've lost to the you know one win teams and and the Panthers and Steelers. Matt, I mean this. This is they, this is a team that just is not going anywhere, even if they make the playoffs. I tweeted it out before. The Bucks love losing to the worst teams in the NFL. Like they yeah. lost yeah. the Panthers, who actually turned out to be a pretty feisty team. Like they yeah. they they compete hard every week. Yeah. If, if the Bucks had a little bit of the heart that the Panthers had, then you know maybe they would have like a two game division lead, yeah. or maybe even a three game division lead. Yeah. Um. But yeah. They love they love losing to the worst teams in the league. Uh. We got a couple super chats, so just yeah, want to, to acknowledge that. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh. Lawrence says no timeout after the Julio catch. WTF? Brady gone next year? Well, actually, they did call a timeout after the Julio catch. Yeah, they, but they, they should have called it before. They correct. ran the screenplay. This is the final drive of of the fourth quarter yeah. before the game went into overtime, and um, first play went nowhere. Another screen that didn't work. I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, they were better with the screen game, but of course, when it mattered most, they weren't. Yeah, and uh, they just let the they let the play clock go down, and then they completed the next play to yeah. Julio. And man, if only they had another, I don't know, fourteen seconds. You complete that pass I to know. Julio, then get to like the thirty-five yard yeah. line, and give Ryan Suck up a chance. You know, I get maybe a little bit. It's like, oh, okay. Well, if they throw incomplete on second down. Uh, the, the Browns still had their one timeout because the the Bucks didn't effectively right. use time management that maybe the Browns can get the ball back, yada, yada, yada. But at that point, you can't play scared and you have Tom Brady as your quarterback. And if you're I afraid agree. to make a mistake, then you shouldn't be coaching this team. Uh, Eric here, the 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Eric. This says, uh, this loss was 1,000% on Leftwich and Bowles. Terrible play calling and a coward's way to play, relying on the defense to make a play instead of going for more points. Also, stopping play action is crazy. I just don't understand how really the coaches in general, but I think, again, more specifically the offense, they just refuse to adjust to anything. It's like, you know, that first touchdown drive of the game, Rashad White, you know, had the huge run that pretty much set up the rest of the drive. And listen, the run game, I guess, still was better than in previous weeks, but the run game just wasn't, as efficient as you would have liked it to be after that first drive. And they sucked again on third and shorts and they, they didn't make any adjustments at all. They just kept trying to go with the same plays and the same opportunities. And why is there no chemistry with Tom Brady and Mike Evans? Like, why is Mike Evans crazy? Why is Mike Evans pulling up on, I think it was a second and long. It might've been in overtime. It's all scrambling to me, but Like Mike Evans could have put his arms out and at least dove and would have had a chance on a deep ball thrown by Tom Brady. And he just pulled up and said, nah, I'm not getting it. That shows that like it's just frustration. Like I would yeah. to call out Mike Evans for an effort play, that doesn't happen with Mike Evans. It's no. just there's no adjustments at all whatsoever. They find one thing that works and they say, Hey, we're gonna hey, it worked one time, so let's try it again. But I mean, no Kate Otten. And the terrible time management yeah, at the end I mean, and the constant three and outs. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, the, the thing is, it, with the other thing, too, is, listen, Tom Brady can call timeouts, too. Right? I mean, yeah. he's team captain. He can call a timeout on the field. And and so I, I, I'm shocked that Todd Bowles didn't call a timeout. I'm shocked that Tom Brady didn't call a timeout. You have three. Yeah. You have three. <laughs> it's not like you have two or one. You have three. So it, when, when you your first play gains, what, one yard on the screen, call timeout. Uh, again, are, are you playing for overtime? Or are you are you trying to win the game? I mean, you have Tom Brady and Ryan Suckup. That's a pretty good one-two punch. It's worked for you before. It's won you games before. I would have you know gone that route, but they they chose not to. But you're talking about the offense. These are the drives, and I'm just going to read them off to you here. Uh, first one's obviously the touchdown. This is the Buccaneer drives. Nine plays, eighty yards, touchdown. Next drive, three plays, eight yards, punt. Three plays, eight yards, punt. Ten plays, 57 yards, field goal. Three plays, no yards, punt. Seven plays, 80 yards, touchdown. And then the last possession of the um, of, of the, the third quarter, uh, three plays, four yards, punt. And then the fourth quarter, eight plays, sorry, six plays, 25 yards, punt. 
three plays, seven yards punt, three plays minus 10 yards punt, and then four plays, 27 yards, end of the half. And of course, that's the end of the game and regulation. So out of the one, two, three, out of the the four possessions that the Bucks had in the fourth quarter, when they had a you know a seven-point lead. Again, I'll read those off to you. Six plays, 25 yards, punt. Three plays, seven yards, punt. Three plays, minus 10 yards, punt. And then, of course, the, the end of regulation, four plays, 27 yards. And so they ended the game, essentially, aside from that end of, of the, the game, end of regulation, with four straight punts, including three three and outs out of those four. Just abysmal offense, abysmal play calling, abysmal execution. And, and again, as Tom Brady said, 17 points is not going to cut it. And this is something that's plagued this team all year long. This is a season-long plague. And if you think Tom Brady's going to come back to Tampa, folks, for another year if he decides to play, he's no. not. Why would he? Why would he? And you have that's the sad part, too, is you have the talent. Like you have the talent. Chris Godwin yeah. was fantastic today. He's, I mean, he's really showed up the last two games looking like that Chris Godwin yeah. of old. And you have all the talent in the world, and the Bucks still do absolutely nothing with it. It's it's complete ineptitude. Yeah, it's absolutely inept, and it's just sad. And honestly, it's pathetic. It's more sad than anything else, though, because yeah. this team could be so good, and they're not even playing remotely close to any type of potential that yeah. they could have. Uh, thank you to Leo for the uh, and just way too many three and outs. Like we used to joke about the over unders on the three and outs that they're going yeah. to have. And it's just is... nonstop. And we talked about I'll get to Leo's super chat in a second. But another thing we talked about during the week, the three games that the Browns had won prior to uh, be defeating the Bucs uh, an hour ago, the games they won, they allowed 13 points, 17 points and 17 points. So the magic number was 20. All they had yeah. to do was get to 20. Yep. And they could have done that in the second half. They could have closed this game out without yeah. even giving the Browns an opportunity to tie it up. And I don't, I really don't blame the defense too much, especially for the way that they played in the second half. But Bucks score 17 and they lose. And that's yeah. once again, it's just, you know, you knew you knew you had to score 20 against the Browns. You couldn't do that. Uh Leo here says we need a whole coaching staff switch next year. This team won't win anything with gutless bowls at head coach. Leftwich should be fired immediately as well. I mean, Leftwich, I think at this point, there's nothing he can do to salvage his job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Rams, he's, Rams he's, he's, he's not going to be here next year, uh, even if Bowles is. Uh, Leftwich is not going to be here next year. I'm just going to say that right now. Catamax, uh, $2 super chat. Appreciate that. Fourth and two on the Cleveland 35. No field goal attempt for real. I think it was the 37. If I remember correctly, not that it really matters, 35, 37, right. but, but if it's the 37, then, then you're looking at, uh, what a, a 17, uh, you're looking at a, a, what, 44 yard field goal attempt right there. And, um, or no, no, I take that back. Right. Yeah. Cause 44, right. It, it'd be a, be a 54 yard field goal attempt. Yeah. Right, so and, yeah, that's the one knock on Suckup said he's not known for a big leg. Right, but again, so, like the so Browns it, went for it on fourth and nine. That was when Amari Cooper dropped right. that like egregious, egregious. Oh crop. yeah, but um, at the same time, the, the Browns were losing, so, so you yeah. you could understand that. Now I understand the the analytics people are going nuts right now, right? I mean, like that's that's bad coaching. Uh, you know, you you got to go for it there and you know and pick up the two yards, get the first down you know, be aggressive and, and all of that. Um, the, the punt ended with the touchback. So it was only a net gain of 17 yards because yeah. it, they brought the ball at the 20. Uh, if Carmada had dropped that punt inside, maybe the five or 10 yard line, it's a different story. Then it looks better than only the 17 point or 17 yard differential. But here's the thing. And I understand why Bulls uh, trusted his defense more because he doesn't trust his offense at all. At all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Again, I'll read these off to you. These, th this is the fourth, fourth quarter, the four possessions, six yards. I'm sorry. Six plays, 25 yards punt, three plays, seven yards punt, three plays minus 10 yards punt. And then of course the four plays, 27 yards into the half. So I, I don't think, and again, short yardage problems resurfaced again. 
I, I don't think Bulls trusted the Buccaneers to pick up the two yards on offense. Okay, so I, I get some of the angst in the analytics community saying, well, you stand a better chance of winning if you go for this or that. At what point in time did that seem like an automatic play to pick up two yards? Because in the second half, the Buccaneers were struggling. They had four straight three and outs, or I should say four straight punts. Uh, three out of those four were three and outs. So as much as, as I want to you know, maybe chide Bowl for, for not being aggressive there, uh, their momentum is real. Yeah. And, and if you get stuffed right there, and granted, it, it was two yards. It was not a, like a, a fourth and one where Brady could have, have sneaked the ball as he did earlier in the game and picked up that fourth down. But it was fourth and two. And if if it's stuff for no gain, all of a sudden the Browns have the ball at, at your 37 and they've got momentum. That's a big, huge stop at home uh, it, it, with the dog pound. And but again, Bulls. Bulls' defense up to that point had only given up 10 points, Matt. Right. This is a this is a Browns offense that was averaging 24 points per game. So it took the Browns all the way down to what 30 seconds left, 35 seconds left on fourth mm-hmm. down to get the the time the game time touchdown. So in, in my mind, I, I don't critique Bowles so much for that as I do. Why don't you call the timeout? After only the, picking up one yard on that final drive, that to me was the killer when it, when it comes to, to game uh, management. Exactly. And to go back to your point with the, the short yardage situation, they actually regressed in short yardage situations. Rashad White got tacked, didn't yeah. even get back to the line of scrimmage on, right. a, uh, on a third and short. He lost two yards. So if it was even possible, they regressed <laughs> when it came to uh, short yardage yeah. situations. And yeah, I mean, you can go to the, you can go to not calling the timeouts when you have three timeouts, uh, and again, you don't take them into overtime. Why they yeah. didn't use him there? The fact that they threw it on second down when, you know, when the Browns were going to be forced yes. to use all their timeouts, they threw it on second down, and that was that I was a killer to me. That was a killer. I, to yeah, me. I don't necessarily hate being that aggressive but what i hate is that it was essentially one option with mike evans right there yes. how do you not have a second option whether it's co-keeped out in the flat or mm-hmm. tight end god forbid they wanted to use kate Otten at all in this game um or like a running back out in the flat you have to at least either take the sack like brady did on third down or at least have another option if mike evans isn't wide open without a shadow of a doubt that he's going to get the ball and get a first down at least have another option that you can throw it to so you at least get positive yards or get back to the line of scrimmage and you keep that clock running and then the Browns have to use another timeout. So yeah. the fact that it was just incomplete, it took like two seconds off the clock and then the Browns had that extra timeout. Now they didn't even really need it because right. the Chubb ran 25 yards down the field and got out of bounds. But I would have to think, if the first of all, if the Browns don't have that last timeout, they're not running it with Nick Chubb in that situation right. at all. That's and they're, exactly right. And they are forced to throw it. So in that sense, uh, the, the, the time management was terrible in there. And then, yeah. of course, what they didn't do when they finally had it on the final drive, when they got to go up-tempo, which is really the only time that the offense can can really function now. So, uh, Richard here, thank you for the $2 super chat. I don't know what... Uh, what, uh, two pounds currency, yeah, maybe two pounds. Two pounds. Is there yeah. any chance left which goes this year? No, the, I, I, if it, it would have happened either after the Ravens game or this week during the bye or during the bye the week. week. So, I, yeah, I, I don't see, I, I don't see that that change happening, you know, right now. Yeah. Um, hey, Raymond takes well, yeah, I was I was Raymond say. takes issue here, playing scared. That's old football way of thinking, Scott. Got to be aggressive. Aggressive doesn't mean success, it just doesn't. And, right. and if if you can like looking back at the numbers again, when it comes to their their third down conversions were only four fifteen. That yeah. was third downs. So you have three downs to pick up ten yards, and they only converted third downs uh, four out of fifteen. And they they were one for one on fourth downs, and that was the quarterback sneak. But uh, I I just don't I don't see the confidence that Bowles has in this offense, nor should he. So I, I don't think f- fourth and two is a gimme at all. You can be aggressive. Doesn't mean it's going to work. Um, and, and if anything, again, I, I point to Todd Bowles being a defensive minded coach saying, 
my defense is playing better than my offense right now. I'm going to, I'm going to put this on my defense and, and have them try to win the game. And, you know, it came down to one play, a fantastic throw and catch by Brissett to, to Njoku. That was incredible catch. Like, I don't blame that right on coverage. That. I don't. What's up? Devin White actually had pretty good coverage. That's what I was just say I don't blame Devin White at all for that. It was just an exceptional like one-handed catch with the game on the line. It was it was fourth and goal. So yeah, uh, yeah, un- unfortunate there for the Bucks. And yeah, they did not. They had a lack of success on offense throughout the entire game. I will say, when I drink a Celsius energy drink, I usually feel pretty successful after and of course uh celsius is the presenting sponsor of the pewter report podcast check out their variety of flavors from the arctic peach and tropical vibe you know got a cold flavor uh wild berry uh, sparkling peach mango so a ton of awesome different flavors seven essential vitamins is the key it's the healthy energy drink gives you that essential energy get you through your day but there's zero sugar so you don't have to worry about having the post energy drink crash that you might get with uh, with other products, you're not you're not going to be sluggish, even after uh, you have a Celsius energy drink later on in the day. If you want to know where to find them? Go to the Celsius store locator. Uh, check out where they have it in your area, whether it's local Walmart, Target, your bodega, as I like to say, because um, they're they're popping up all over the place, which is awesome to see. And if you really like them and you want to start getting them, bulk, go Amazon, click the subscribe and save. You can have it set up where they send uh, Celsius to you every one, two, three weeks, whenever you want it. I would recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And there's so many great flavors to enjoy. Why not try them all? So that's uh, Celsius Energy Drinks, hashtag Celsius Live Fit, hashtag Celsius Energy, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Yeah. I don't even know where to, like, this just this offense is so inept. It's so bad. The defense, sure, they made their mistakes. Like the Browns completely took advantage of them with the the over pursuit, just the over aggressiveness when they scored on the reverse um, yeah. in the first half. I understand that. I think the the thing that was most concerning is that, and part of this had to do with the rainy field and the the fact that the field itself was so crappy based on the, the vandalism that that went on there. But I mean, this, the secondary was dropping like flies. Carlton Davis got injured early. Thankfully came back. Antoine Winfield Jr. Was dealing with concussion again. That's obviously very scary. Was able to come back. Jamel Dean got hurt at one point when he pretty much got tackled by Schwartz, the receiver on the uh, OPI. Um, Mike Edwards got hurt. Like literally everyone in the secondary got hurt at, at some point. And, um, again, they played very well in the second half. And then even in overtime, it just it seems like every week, except for the Seahawks game, there's the one breakdown. And this time, again, the field came into play with, with Carlton Davis slipping, and that essentially sent yeah. Amari Cooper down the field and ended the game. But yeah, every game, there's just that one little crack, and it and – it, you know, either wins the game for the Browns yeah. or it opens things up. And it's unfortunate to see because I, I like the way that the defense played for the most part. Uh, yeah. You love the way that they blitz Devin White. They have to blitz Devin White, though, because one thing that I really don't like is that they can't really generate pressure with just, you know, four defenders up front. Yeah, not without Shaq Barrett. I mean, they they, they yeah. really struggled to do that. And, um, you know, listen, the Browns offensive line's good, right? They didn't have Ethan Posick or center. That's true. But – but the tackles, Wills and Conklin are better than average. The guards, I think, are pretty exceptional. Batonio and um, and and uh, Wyatt Teller, I think they're both uh, really good guards. And and I think they held their own against the Bucks' pass rush. And they needed to get some blitzes. And again, I thought the defense played well enough to win this game. They just didn't get any help from the offense, especially in the fourth quarter with all of those those three and outs and. Uh, and you know they had a five-play drive that got 26 yards, and then they had to uh, to punt the ball. Uh, but it just just wasn't enough. And you're not going to win games like that. And we're talking about the offense. And uh, Kadim, uh Max, uh, appreciate the five dollar yeah, super chat. You. I agree. Otten is our best tight end. However, do we have any reason that Kyle Rudolph is getting paid to sit on the bench? He is healthy, is my understanding. Um, I'll just say this about Kate Otten, and I, I listen. If if you've listened to the Pewter Report podcast when I'm on, if you've read my stuff on pewterreport.com, I have called for Byron Leftwich to be fired 
not once but twice this year and it's not going to happen i understand that but i'm I, I i'm right he should be fired uh and, and the result is is again as tom brady said these are tom brady's words not mine quote we just didn't score enough points 17 points isn't going to do it and that's basically what we've been doing all year it's like the same thing you know end quote 17 points, not going to win games for you. It's just not. Even when the defense plays plays well enough to win, you you got to, like you said, Matt, 20 points wins this game, right? And yeah. they, they couldn't get there. They couldn't get that extra drive to kick a field goal and all that. They just needed a damn field goal. Like One more field, field goal. goal, yes. <sighs> and, and here's the thing. Kate Otten, who has, you know, the arrows pointing up on this guy, If correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Kate Otten, not Cam Brate, scored the game winning touchdown against the Rams. Why? Because Brate wasn't playing. But right. Kate Otten was that guy. Kate Otten had a 28 yard catch and run against the Rams. He had a 25 yard catch down the seam against the Seahawks over there in Germany. The arrow is pointing up for this kid. Cam Brate comes back into the lineup. He's targeted five times today, has two catches for 15 yards with a long of nine. Kate Otten. Zero targets today. Zero. No. Keith was more involved in the game. And congratulations to Coke yeah, Keith scoring his to first Keith. touchdown. That was an awesome moment, but Coke Keith should never be out targeting Kate Otten yeah. <laughs> in, in any capacity. It, yeah. I, I love just, Cam Brate. I, I I love the guy. He's all, great. He he serves a role in this team. It should not be a, at this point as tight end one. That should be Kate Otten's job. Kate Otten should be featured more in the passing game. I think he's earned that over Cam Brait. Uh, can you name me a play that Cam Brait has made this year? Like a play. I, I mean, like, like a play, he, Matt. I like the way that he, in this game, when he leaped for the first down marker and was still like three yards short. Right. But, uh, but that, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, no, I'm I, with you. I, I can rattle off the 35-yard the catch and run by Kate at Carolina, Touchdown. the 28-yard catch and run. Uh, against the Rams, the game-winning touchdown against the Rams, the 25-yarder, stretching the seam, you know, some of those Gronkowski shots down the middle that Kate Otten's capable of doing that Cam Brait is not capable of doing anymore. So yeah, to me, five targets for Cam Brait, what's it getting you? And again, this right. goes back to coaching. This goes back to Byron Leftwich. He is in charge of the offense, and he's using the wrong personnel again. And I, I like this point from Callie Bucks here. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree with the first part. He says, I love Brate, but this, but his time is over. He's slower than he already was in the past. I'm not saying Cam Brate's time like in the league is officially done, but he does look just like so slow every yeah. time he has the ball. Right. And you know to... who's slower? Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. To, yeah. Right back to that super chat. That's why Rudolph, he's healthy and he's not playing, is because he's slower than Cam Brate. That's yeah. why. Exactly. And, 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 Matt, better, and Matt, we in a veteran presence. Matt, we saw that in training camp. Did we not? I think you were standing right next to me when Kyle Rudolph, you know, came to Tampa in training camp. And I said, Holy crap. I mean, Kyle Rudolph is slow. Cam Brate is actually faster than yeah. Kyle Rudolph. We made that determination in training camp. <laughs> and obviously it's held up because the, the this coaching staff is is inept on the offensive side, but at least they know that Kyle Rudolph is like tight end four on this team. Right. Yeah, he, he's tight end four. And we get asked about Kyle Rudolph like once a month, and it's yeah. the same thing. He's here for depth purposes yeah. and can be a, a veteran, you know, a mentor to Kate Otten and Co-Keith, and that's his yeah. role on this team. Uh, Raymond, thank you again for the Super Chat. Thanks yeah. to everyone for these Super Chats today. If appreciate you give it. us a Super Chat, we will make sure we answer your question, and they go to the front of the line. So appreciate all the yeah. comments, but Super Chats come first. Raymond says, Matt and Scott, you think Bowles has any input on offensive strategy, or is this all Leftwich? Offense is complete different, completely different than uh, this year than prior two years. Obviously, with Bruce Arians at the helm there. I mean, you know, Bowles is. I think you asked him, Scott. You know, Bowles yeah. has been asked about like, do you sit in on these offensive meetings and uh, you know, and everything along those lines? And you know, he says he gives input like when he feels it's needed and. It, have to, but yeah, it's down higher. So, I don't know. Obviously, Todd makes the decisions of going for it on fourth down or, or you know, things of that nature. Right. But I think offensively, a majority of the time, 
it's it's Byron Leftwich's call, which is why you hear Todd in the media be like, we need to run it more or we need to do this more. Um, maybe he should have a little bit more input because clearly yeah. whatever they've been trying to do offensively, it's worked, what, twice this season, week one <laughs> yeah. and the Germany game? That's about it. Yeah, and I think the thing with Bowles is, and he's even said it, he's like, I'm a defensive coach. I'm not an offensive coach. And right. and I, I kind of, I'm the same way. Now, I've I've covered Bucks football for 27 years. I, I know more about the defensive side of the ball than I do the offensive side. But what I do know about the offense is I know when it's not right, right? I can look at something and say, right, that's right, not right. right. And I can be dead on about that. And, and a lot of times it's not just my, you know, insider analysis. It's stuff that you can see too, pewter people, right? I mean, we, we, we know, we know when something's not working, right? Like, Hey, let's, let's go. 13 personnel with three tight ends and jumbo and bring an extra mm. offensive lineman as that fourth tight end, Josh Wells or, you know, whoever, and, uh, and, and try to run the ball on third and one. Right. And like that didn't work in the beginning of the season. Like it, it didn't over and over and over again, didn't work. And it shouldn't have to take a reporter to call out Byron Leftwich in a press conference and say, have you, have you tried maybe spreading out? teams and running into a lighter box maybe forcing them into nickel personnel and uh that they got they got a first down on it yeah they and, and, got and, a shotgun right and and they and that that worked so i, I think todd bowles is, is kind of the same way now todd bowles knows way more about football than i do like like a thousand times percent more football than i do but i i think that he knows when something isn't working it just he doesn't know how to fix it because that's not his expertise. And I think that's where he's pointed stuff out to Byron. Byron, this is not working because he can look at it from a defensive standpoint, just like that's kind of how I, I view football. Now, if I want to know something about the Bucks offense, I go to Paul Atwal, who is a savant yeah. when it comes to Bruce Arians offense. He knows the he knows not just the plays, but where, you know, where where the, the routes are in, in terms yeah. of the progressions. I mean, he knows everything about this offense. I, I'm not that way. And I don't think Todd Bowles is that way. I think Todd Bowles, again, looks at it and says, Byron, you need to fix this, this, and this. And you go about fixing it how you would, but you're the offensive coaches. That's why you're getting paid to do that. And again, Todd Bowles inherited the staff, folks. He inherited the staff. This is Bruce Arian's staff. And some of these coaches are not going to be here next year. And yeah, this is nothing I, new. This is something that has been brewing for a while. And Byron Leftwich, and unless something drastically changes, is going to be one of those guys who's not going to be here next year. I mean, why would you keep anyone from the offensive side for next season? Like, yeah. the receivers have regressed. Leonard Fournette has re regressed. Your top tight end can't be the tight end number one because yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but one thing that is number one, is Pirate Republic beer. It's the number one beer out there on the market. And of course, the official beer of pewterreport.com. They are based out of the Nassau Bahamas and now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together, even when the Bucks struggle, struggle to uh, celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code. That's a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, which you see on the screen there, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. It's my personal favorite as well. Then you have the Take No Quarter IPA. That is the best IPA that you'll drink. That's in the green there. You can also drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian with beer and enjoy the pirate life. Pirate Republic beer, and that, that of course, is in gold. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they are expanding across the state of Florida. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic Beer. I go to ABC Liquor for mine. Yeah. Uh, is Lefty just being petty because B.A. picked Todd? No, that's not the case. <laughs> no, I, I just I, I think Byron Leftwich has just been exposed. I, I think that if you give the the star-studded personnel to most offensive coordinators around the league, Matt, like, like uh, you know, this year's crop of play callers, whether they're OCs or head coaches or last year's, whatever, if you give them Donovan Smith, uh, 
Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, Tristan Wirfs, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, uh, Mike Evans, um, Antonio Brown, yeah. Leonard Fournette, Tom Brady. If you give that starting 11 to almost every offensive coordinator, they're going to look really good. <laughs> they're going to yeah, look yeah, like yeah. geniuses. I mean, it's it's a it's a 30-point you, – you've heard the term like turnkey, right? It's a turnkey business, right? We get you all set up where all you get to do is turn the key, open the door, and and uh, you know, and and run your franchise. I mean, that's a lot of talent. That's just a ton of talent. It's like uh, three Pro Bowl offensive linemen, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, a future Hall of Fame tight end, a future Hall of Fame wide receiver, a receiver that got paid $20 million this offseason, and another receiver that has Hall of Fame credentials. He's just a jackass in Antonio Brown. And and I just firmly believe that, that Byron Lefwich uh, called Bruce Arians plays and when you have that much talent, you can't double everybody. Somebody is going to be drawing the, you know, the, the favorable matchup, whether it's Gronk on a linebacker, whether it's it's AB, uh, you know, on a on a, a third string, a, fourth string corner, third yeah. string corner, whatever. And Brady's good enough behind that offensive line to have the time to scan to find the open receiver and hit him. And and they did that for a couple years and it worked. And then half of that. That lineup is gone. Jensen's gone. Kappa's gone. Marpet's gone. Gronk is gone. And AB is gone. And this is a shell of its former self offensively. And now you have to be creative. Now you have to, to have some imagination because the plays that worked in 2020 and 2021 aren't working right now because they don't have the talent across the board to run those plays. Right, and, and, I have- and, and we're not seeing from Byron Leftwich the creativity. Now we see it three or four times a game, like like the, you know, sweep the Julio Jones. Yeah, right, absolutely, great play call. You know, great, but they're too few and far. Where's between. the next one? Yeah. Where's the next play like that? That's that's creative, especially in the fourth quarter when again you've got uh, an offense that completely bogs down, four straight punts, going. Three plays for four yards, six plays for 25 yards, three plays for seven yards, three plays for minus 10 yards, and then end the regulation, four plays for 27. That's why this team lost the game. And I understand early in the season, it was like, hey, you know, all the players that you rattled off that were here last year and aren't here this year. I understand there's that uh, there's that window of, hey, we got to get everyone on the same page, build that chemistry, and yada, yada, yada. That's an excuse for earlier in the season. All right. They just played their last game in the month of November. Yeah. They they are heading into December. And I understand Jensen's not there and Ali Marpet's not there. But this offensive line isn't that bad to the point that they should be losing games like they did today and games like they did to uh, the Panthers and the Steelers earlier in the season. This tight tight end room doesn't have Gronk anymore, but Kadon is good enough where they shouldn't be losing to a team like today where he doesn't get a target. Yeah. You go across the board, sure, there's some downgrades at other spots, but they should not be five and six at this point. The offense should not be this inept where they're the headline every single week because they're that yeah. bad. That's all we have to talk about is how bad Byron Leftwich is at his job. So. Yep. It's no more excuses. There's no excuse that through 11 games, you can't get your shit together. It yeah, really and here's here's the thing, Matt. You, you've had a bye week. Yeah, <laughs> okay. you had the bye. You had a bye week to think about what you wanted to do offensively. You had an extra week to self-scout, to look at the Browns, and, and with that extra time, you came up with 17 points. Yeah. That's piss poor. That's just piss poor. It just is. Catamax, uh, appreciate all the super chats. Yeah, man. Thank, thank you for coming through. $2. What is our biggest need in the draft next year? Um, th- there's a, a lot of needs on this team. Um, quarterback what, could be. <laughs> yeah, quarterback could be. Um, although this team's probably going to win uh, enough to where they're not going to probably be getting a, a premium type of, of, uh, of quarterback. At the same time, too. Matt, if I'm a head coach, rookie quarterbacks are coach killers. They just yeah. are. Ask Todd Bowles. That's that's what doomed him up there in New York with Sam Darnold. I mean, you went from from having Ryan Fitzpatrick for 
most of your first year up there and then starting what five other quarterbacks over the over the next three years that that is not good that's not a recipe for success so i will say this uh offensive line probably is going to be up there maybe not in the first round but certainly in the second wide receiver matt this is a wide receiver driven offense and as crazy as it sounds i know that they've just invested 10 million dollars per year in russell gage I've not seen any return on that investment whatsoever. This is a wide receiver driven offense. Julio Jones is not going to be back next year. So you've got Mike Evans, who is going to be knocking on 30's door, and Chris Godwin, who finally is looking like Chris Godwin. I mean, this yeah. this is if you're looking for a bright spot in, in this game from the offensive side, Chris Godwin was was the bright spot. He had a great game, looks very similar to how he did before that knee injury was targeted eight times, uh, sorry, 13 times, came up with 12 catches, 110 yards, and one touchdown. We mentioned Mike Evans, targeted nine times, only had two catches for 31 yards, did draw a pass interference penalty. But Martin Emerson, the rookie out of Mississippi State, who I liked quite a bit, he did a really good job on Mike Evans today. And I thought that Tom Brady missed Mike Evans a couple times. Also missed Godwin down the middle on what could have been a big play. That was the only time right. those guys didn't get in sync. But this is a wide receiver-driven offense, and this offense clicked better when it had Antonio Brown, when it had some some speed on the outside. I'm not talking Scotty Miller speed. I'm talking uh, the ability to create separation, running different routes rather than just go routes. And I think that that's the element they're missing. They're missing Gronk for sure, but – they're yeah. also missing Antonio Brown, or at least that type of receiver who can get behind a defense, stretch a defense, keep safeties back, and uh, and and also, too, take some of the pressure off Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then I would just say, like, defensively, uh, not that we want to go crazy far yeah. into the draft, but another edge rusher outside of Joe Tryon-Shanka, we don't know, like, how quickly Shaq Barrett's going to heal up and if he's yeah. going to be the same player that he was. They obviously need a backup inside linebacker unless they fully believe in in kj Britt, and obviously there's a lot of questions in the secondary is jamel dean going to be back what are they going to do with sean murphy bunting Antoine winfield jr is going to be looking for that next big contract obviously he has another year but um yeah and mike edwards as well so if they if they're not able to bring back all of those guys there could be a replacement obviously zion mccann was a rookie this year um but you know they jason light likes to flood the position as as you uh famously coined so wouldn't shock yeah. me if he went with uh, another position there uh let's hear a message from our friends at age rejuvenation as we talk about uh this team getting younger as we age our hormones decrease both for men and women i was tired all the time had no sex drive i was groggy i felt like i was 80 years old because everything hurt i came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. I am an Age Rejuvenation customer, and I'm 50, and I feel like I'm 40, and I'm not tired all the time like I used to be. Although I am tired of watching bad football, I will admit that. But that has nothing to do with age rejuvenation. That has to do with three hours on most Sundays. And of course, there'll be a Monday night game against the Saints. Boy, that's going to be a big one, Matt. That's going to be a big one. Yeah. And the Saints have pretty much owned Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be next Monday night. That's going to be a big one. But uh, let me finish this ad read here because I got to tell you, folks. I should have done age rejuvenation in my early 40s because that's really when I started to kind of feel that downward descent, uh, that that decline from a, a mental acuity standpoint, getting tired, uh, just just not feeling good anymore. I felt like an old man, you know, at, at when I turned 50 this year. And I started my testosterone therapy treatment in August, and it made a world of difference. It took about three weeks to kind of kick in, and boom, uh, I feel great. I've lost weight and not just pounds uh, on on the on the scale, but I've actually lost three pounds of body fat, which is which is awesome. And I, I've gained some lean muscle mass, which is helping uh, burn that fat, which is great. So uh, age rejuvenation, you've seen them on the Peter Report tailgate show. They're our presenting sponsor. Go to agerejuvenation.com. Sign up for that free uh, consultation. Get your labs done. Insurance will pay it. 
um, the, the doctors there are top notch and see if the testosterone therapy is right for you. If you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s or older, probably is because that's when testosterone naturally decreases in men. It's natural, uh, but you can fight it with testosterone therapy. Five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. AsiaRejuvenation.com. And before we sign off here, another thing that's in the Tampa location, of course, is the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa, which I'll be going to uh, pretty soon. And uh, let's hear from them. Just the way you like it. Me and my wife decided we'll have some fun. I was playing a two-cent machine. Six bets in, I hit a jackpot. $117,000. Hi, my name is Tara, and I want over $500,000 playing fly. I do this full-time, and I would not change it for the world. I'm Gloria. I won over $2 million at Seminole Hard Rock Casino. I went and bought a bunch of jewelry. <laughs> my name is Mike, and I won over $350,000. I love playing back rock because it hits different. When you pull in that car and you flip over that nine, beating that eight, can't miss. I'm Jimmy. I won a half million dollars in a slot tournament at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Even a blind squirrel can get a nut sometimes. <laughs> my name is Philip, and I won 215000 on Blazing Sevens. Put my last $40 on the table, next thing you know, bam, 215000 jackpot. I hit that bad boy. I didn't realize how much it would change my life. You only live once. Have fun with it, right? Anybody can win at Seminole Hard Rock in Tampa. Never know when you can win big at right. the Seminole Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. Matt, the Buccaneers had a chance to win big today. They did because if they would have beat the Browns, we saw that the Falcons lost, and that that would have uh, you know increased their lead in the NFC South. Right now, it's still half a game. Uh, they've got the tiebreaker advantage over Atlanta, but they had an opportunity. Now at least they didn't lose ground, right? But yeah. they certainly would have had the opportunity to gain some ground the uh the saints also well they're losing right they're now down to, to, nothing to the 49ers yeah uh, the panthers did win uh, can they creep back into it the crazy thing about carolina matt is they they have four wins on the season now okay four wins so they're they're starting to kind of make a little bit of a comeback but they're actually three and one in the division yeah, Three of those wins yeah. are against uh, division uh, opponents. So the Buccaneers have a 2-1 and one record in the division. The Panthers actually have a better record. Don't rule out the Carolina Panthers right now. If the Falcons and the Bucks keep sucking, <laughs> uh, the Panthers might just get back into this. It's crazy to think about, but they've done some damage in the division. Of course, the Buccaneers will have another shot at the Panthers and the Falcons and the yeah. Saints again, starting with the Saints. And that's going to be next Monday night at Raymond James Stadium, a place where the Saints have enjoyed quite a few wins. And uh, we want you to join us. Uh, this is going to be at the Walk-Ons. We're doing Peter Game Day. The Peter Reports tailgate show is going to be at the Walk-Ons in Midtown, just down the street from the stadium, starting at 6.30 next Monday night. And then, of course, we'll have the live in-game analysis uh, with Matt Matera at 8.20. But that's going to be a big one, and we're going to shift focus to a, a, a key divisional game. This is a game right now the Buccaneers simply cannot afford to lose. But, um, you know, I don't have a lot of confidence in them right now if they can't beat the Browns. No, I don't have confidence in them in any game, let alone a team that has given them fits and uh, a ton of rage over uh, the past couple of seasons. And they barely survived them in week two outside yeah. of Jameis turning into – the James that we all know about. So yeah, not optimistic about that game, but we'll obviously talk about them quite often this week. And uh, we have another show on Monday where we'll dissect further what we heard from Todd Bowles and talk even more about this, uh, this stinker of a game for the box. Yeah. But uh, well, yeah, we, 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 we have, to, we have to get to the bottom too of what, of, of why the timeout was not called. Yeah. Right. After that, that, first down play right before the end of regulation where Rashad White gained one yard on the screen. They let, what, 15, 20 seconds, 25 seconds go off just about before they called on their play, which was a, a deep shot to Julio Jones, got him, yeah. you know, around midfield. And they, if they had another... yet eight seconds, so... Yeah, if, if they had another... 10, 12 seconds on, on the play clock, uh, in addition to the eight seconds, now you're looking at 20 seconds. That's that's two, maybe three plays. And again, you don't have to to run all the way down the field, right? Because if you're starting around the 45-yard the right. line, wherever that was, uh, 47, 
then you know you pick up a, a 10 yard gain you, you quickly run to the line spike the ball you maybe preserve some of those timeouts or use your second one who knows but but uh, we're going to have to to grill Todd Bowles and find out more about um, exactly what transpired and 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 what this offense can do to generate more than 17 points. It's just it's embarrassing. Uh, the, the these three and outs that are happening. It's not all on Byron Leftwich's fault. He's calling some plays that he thinks are going to work. The execution just isn't there. But when you hear Tom Brady say something like. Um, too many plays where we're just not on the same page. We're not all seeing it the same way. We just have to work at it, talk through it, and see where we can improve. We're talking about week 12, Matt. We're talking 11 games into right. the season plus a bye week, and you're not on the same page yet? Like, what the hell is going on with this offense? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we'll even get an answer from Bowles. We know we won't get one from Byron Leftwich later on this week because uh, he thinks they're doing great, or he at least yeah. believes in them, which that's great. You got a thumbs up for that. You believe in them. That's awesome. Well, he's he's seeing things that yeah. we don't, Matt. He's seeing exactly. improvements in areas that, that we don't. So right, yeah. I think he needs a thicker pair of glasses, which he doesn't even have glasses. But me, he needs glasses yeah. in the first place because <laughs> what he's seeing, no one else is. That's and, right. Uh, his opinion is the only one I guess that matters because he's calling the plays and yeah. uh, it's, it's not working. Yeah. As common sense, says after a bye week, not on the same P page uh, week effing 12. Uh, let's end it on that. note. That, that's uh, a perfect, that's, that's some real common sense from common sense. we'll leave yeah. it right there. Yeah. So for Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everybody for watching, listening. We will see you tomorrow for another edition of the Peter report podcast. Out. Out.